for Yellowstone National Park and the Acoustic Atlas at Montana State University. This is telemetry. You know, every season in Yellowstone is pretty fantastic, but if you're into listening to the sounds of animals, spring and summer, well, there's just nothing like it. And while most creatures in Yellowstone are busily singing their hearts out this time of year, there's one animal that actually gets a little quieter in the spring and summer. And that's the wolf. You see, there's a seasonal cycle to wolf howling. Howling ramps up through the fall and it peaks in late winter. Then comes springtime. Howling abruptly drops off. And this is caused by the female choosing a place to den that they really want to keep secret, if at all possible. That's Kira Cassidy, research associate with the Yellowstone Wolf Project. Choosing a den site is extremely important for a wolf pack. It's going to be their hub for the entire summer. It's the house of the entire next generation. And it has to be protected, of course, because the tiny helpless pups are going to be there for several months. We've had cases where a pack has attacked another wolf's den and even killed the pups in some cases. They don't really want to let other packs know where they are and what they're doing. And in order to avoid that, they keep quiet. Now, it's not only the frequency of howling that changes throughout the year, but the type of howling shifts too. Wolves howl for a couple of different reasons. Some of that would be within the pack, so to keep track of each other, say if they've been separated. And even though they're doing a lot less of it, this is the kind of howling that tends to dominate in the spring and summer, wolves communicating with their own pack mates. They also howl to let other packs know where they are and to kind of establish a territory. Wolves will often have these howling bouts with other packs. The two packs will howl back and forth as if to say, this is our turf, our territory. And it's that howling for territoriality that grows in the months leading up to the winter breeding season. Howling really uh, tracks the hormones as the wolves are um, getting ready for the breeding season. Testosterone will start to spike. Howling starts to increase. It's kind of a stressful time in some ways. They do a lot of howling during the breeding season. They also probably use howling as a way to advertise the number of wolves they have in the pack, the type of wolves they have in the pack. Um, If they have a lot of big male fighters, that's going to come across in a a howling bout with another pack. And in some ways, wolves may be able to use it to avoid uh, a fight with another pack, too. They can kind of create that space between each other, let each other know where they are, but also let them know who they are. Kira's specialty is looking at territoriality in wolves and interpack aggression, basically when two packs come into contact with each other and fight. 
Sometimes wolves will fight until one pack or one animal displaces the other, and sometimes they'll fight to the death. This running into other packs is so vastly important to a wolf pack. It's of all the wolves that live in Yellowstone that we've radio collared. Some of them disperse outside of Yellowstone, of course. But if they live their whole life in Yellowstone, two-thirds of them end up being killed by other wolves. It's a pretty harsh world to live as a wolf. I really became interested in territoriality when I saw a couple of these things play out. I saw a handful of times the Druid Peak Pack ran into some of their neighbors, and it was pretty fascinating the way it happened. They were intruding on other packs' territories. They were sometimes outnumbered, but still winning. And so I wanted to know why they're winning or who's winning. So when two packs run into each other, Uh, We always like to think of it as team one versus team two. And in some cases that works, but that's really kind of a human way of looking at it. And a pack of wolves is made up of, it's often a family, but it's made up of all of these different individuals who are driven by different things going on in their life. And some of those things we can measure. And so of all the packs we measured, One of the things that was most important was just being in a larger pack, which wasn't really surprising. Um, It was kind of cool to figure out, you know, the value of one wolf. Just having one wolf more than your rival ups your chances of winning by quite a bit. Yeah, so if if you live in a pack of, say, six wolves, and you run into a pack of five, your odds of winning are a 2.4 to 1 the value of just having one extra wolf is extremely important. And if you live in a pack with more males, that also ups your chances of a win by about 65%. But the most important factor was having a single old wolf in your pack. And so if you live in a pack of, say, five, and one of your packmates is old, you're better off living in that pack than just having another sixth wolf. That old wolf is more important than having the numbers. And that shocked me at first because I really thought that if there was any age that mattered at all, that it would be the big fighters that are strong. But the old wolves have years and years of experience. The older wolves have been through these aggressive interactions before. They've probably seen packmates die They may have participated in killing a rival or at least chasing and attacking a rival. And so they they know what to do and they don't panic. And after learning that, it really drove home this connection back to other animals, but also humans. And so there's an oldest animal in the pack that's bringing leadership and knowledge and experience to the group that once they die is gone. Old, for Kira's research, is six years old. That's the median age of death for wolves in Yellowstone. We've had wolves live up to 12 and a half, 
That was our oldest. We've had only a handful, eight or so, live to be more than 10 years old. Three of them are still alive. The Canyon Alpha Pair is a great example. We know that the alpha male was born in 2006. We know that the alpha female was born in 2005, and we've followed them throughout their entire lives now. And not only are they both pretty old for wolves, two of the oldest that we've been able to follow, but they've been a pair now together for nine years, which is pretty special. I don't know of anyone that has recorded a pair living so long uh, together. So Kira and I first talked back in April of 2017, and a few days after we did this interview, the Canyon Alpha female was mortally wounded, but not by other wolves. She had been shot. Hikers found her near a trail on the north side of the park, and due to the severity of her injuries, park staff had to euthanize her. So after the Canyon Alpha female was poached, it it got me really thinking about what was going on with the rest of her pack. And certainly the loss of her was a pretty big blow to them. And also what a lot of people don't know is that her mate disappeared. We're not sure if he left to go find another mate um, now that she was gone or if he died for some other different reason around that same time. And so with the loss of the two of them together, they had over two decades worth of knowledge on how to avoid other packs, how to find food in this ecosystem, how to pick a safe and appropriate den site to raise their pups. And so that knowledge that they had accumulated throughout all that time was gone. Now, hopefully the rest of the pack, and we think that there may be three, four, maybe five of them left, and hopefully they have been taught well enough. But Kira says it's important to remember that for wolves, life goes on. That these animals have an independence and a self-determination that can't be stripped away. That hopefully the canyon wolves will take this challenge, like they take all challenges, in long, steady stride. For Yellowstone National Park, I'm Jennifer Jarrett. This podcast is supported in part by Yellowstone Forever and the Eyes on Yellowstone program. Eyes on Yellowstone is made possible by Canon USA. This program represents the largest corporate donation for wildlife conservation in the park. This is Telemetry. Thanks for listening.